This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast is made possible by our generous patrons. We seriously cannot do this without you all. If you love our show and would want to join our patrons, head over to BehindTheBlissPodcast.com and click Give, or head to Patreon.com slash BehindTheBliss. Welcome to the Behind the Bliss Podcast, where Rachel Autry brings weekly conversations to encourage, inspire, storytell, and share. Each episode is designed for you to feel met in your mess and balanced in your bliss. Here's today's conversation. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss. This week, I am so excited to bring you Kelly Minter. Kelly is a superstar, and I would call her an expert in community. Not only does she know it just from her personal life, but she also has written a cookbook, several different devotionals, has been in the music industry in Nashville, and has a ministry called Justice and Mercy International, and hosts events called Cultivate around the nation just to host women in a fun gathering that's restful, that she can pour into them and share where Jesus still shows up for us today. So between the cookbook, other books and devotionals, her music, her events, and more, Kelly is the woman I would want to speak with about community. What does it look like to gather women? Why do we need it? How do you form one if you don't know where to start? Maybe you have a great community, but you still feel lonely. We discuss all of this and more in today's episode. She has some incredible points that she makes about why community not only is necessary and vital for our relationship with the Lord and our own health personally here on earth, but also when we do host and we're hospitable and we pour into this idea of community, it also can be one of the most rewarding things that we do here on earth. We need each other and we hear the phrase, you can't do life alone all the time. So today's episode to be able to dive into what community is, why we actually need it, what Jesus has to say about it and how to take steps forward cultivating it was a joy to me. And I hope that it brings you some joy on this Wednesday too. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Kelly Minter. Hey, Kelly, welcome to Behind the Bliss. I'm so excited for this conversation. Hey, Rachel, me too. I'm excited to be here with you guys. I actually got to see you live doing a fun cooking demonstration at the Lifeway Women's Leadership Forum back in November. Oh, yeah. It was just so fun. Your cookbook at that point had just come out. Yes, I know that that wasn't that long ago, but it feels like a long time ago for some reason. Doesn't it? I I feel like a lot's happened between now and then. But it has. Here we are today and... Actually, you were telling the funniest story about what happened to you when you're invited to Hallmark for a segment. <laughs> yes. Will you please retell yes. that story? I li- In that moment, I was like, we would be best friends. Like, that's so something. <laughs> we're cut from a similar cloth. Yeah, absolutely. No, I got to do the uh, Hallmark Home and Family show, and it was so fun. But I was, I was doing a cooking demonstration. I was making this butternut bisque soup out of the cookbook, and... And it just seemed so easy to do that. But for whatever reason, I have no idea. But as soon as the camera started rolling and the lights, you know, started going, I had, I just totally forgot everything that the host had talked about. And she had told me at the top, she said, okay, I'm going to ask you about your cookbook. I want you to talk about the heart behind the cookbook. And then we'll, we'll move into the recipe. And I was so afraid that I was going to get all the the order of the recipe wrong. And so I kept thinking, okay, this recipe starts with bacon. So if I can just remember that the recipe starts with bacon, then I'll I'll be in good shape. And so yeah. anyway, it starts recording and 
I just looked at the host and I couldn't remember anything she had asked me or told me or anything. And I just was like, okay, well, we start with bacon. And I right away went to the pan, started frying up bacon. And she just looked at me like, what? What are you doing? Have you lost your mind? Like we just said that we were going to talk about the heart behind this cookbook. And anyway, it was so embarrassing. And I was shaking and I, I just wanted to stop the whole thing, but I couldn't because it was (laughs) going. And anyway, uh, yeah, I just think that I'm. I'm going to try to stick to Bible studies and things like that, but it was really fun. I cracked up. And then you're something like, you said something like, uh, and you have to use real bacon. And they're like, what, what else? Oh, is it? Oh yeah. Oh no. The real apples. (laughs) Real apples. That was the other thing. Yes. yes. I said, make sure you real, you use real apples. And I mean, later my seven-year-old nephew was like, so what kind of apples would you use if they weren't weren't real? real? (laughs) I was like, look, you're not going to get any, you're not going to get any help from me when you go to college. But uh, no, it's just, yeah, it was crazy, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. That's how life is, right? You're like, you look back on things and you're like, why did I say, why did I do, why didn't I say, what could have, what should have, hindsight's 2020, but that's going to be forever a story you remember. But then also me hearing it, I was like, okay, great. Like, that's totally something I would do. I'm cool. Like I haven't lost it. Like there's other sisters like me. This is great. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's so true. So spoiler alert for those listening, Kelly has a cookbook (laughs) and it's an amazing cookbook, (laughs) which is beautiful. It's something like, it's not just meant to flip to when you need a recipe. It's definitely something you'd want on display in your kitchen. I mean, the photography is just also beautiful. Mm -hmm. And you wrote it with Regina Pinto. Yeah. Yeah, and she's awesome. She's she's originally from Brazil, and she's a dear friend, and we do a lot of mission trips to Brazil together, and uh, we're in the same church, and she is so gifted, and, and it was really fun because I got to kind of lean, well, very much lean on her uh, for some of the more, uh, you know, detailed uh, information on as far as the cooking part was concerned. But then I got to write stories and talk about hospitality and serving and uh, gardening and some canning tips and fun things like that. And then also just kind of lean into some of the recipes that uh, I really love. And we really tried to put something together that would be uh, really accessible for yeah the reader. And you're right. It's not just a cookbook for recipes. It's really a whole kind of, um, well, it's a, a way for me to personally share more about my life, which was really fun, but it's also kind of a, um, sort of a lifestyle in the sense of, how do we make cooking and hospitality um, part of part of our life? And yeah. so, yeah, yeah, I really, really love, um, was really happy to be able to have the opportunity to do that project. Well, you should. It's beautiful. And you just hosted and taught, I mean, like just as in a few days ago, Cultivate this past weekend in Colorado. Yes. Yeah, it was awesome. I'm loving our Cultivate events are so meaningful. And we just had such a great time. We've just got this great acoustic band with a violinist from Nashville. And it's just really beautiful. And I get to teach uh, um, this year, 2020, just really focusing on uh, the life of Christ and and the encounters that he had with his people. Mm. So I get to, to teach uh, a few times. And then also we've got some prayer uh, prayer times that we have that are awesome. And then we we do a um, emphasis on local and international missions. So just some really cool opportunities that, uh, that it, just that we get to 
um, come together in the context of community. And it anyway, I'm just loving it. We've got eight more cultivates this year, so if if you check, yeah, just check it out and um, see if something's coming near you. Yeah, I'll put all the links in the show notes too, so people are wanting to jump on that train. They can see. Oh, that'd be the closest awesome. location. Yeah, because I kind of want to do that research too. <laughs> I'm like, I hope there's a cultivate coming near Birmingham. I haven't checked yet, but oh yeah, we're not too. Well, actually, we're not going to be too far. We're going to be in Georgia oh, in the fall, so perfect. that might be an opportunity. But yeah, yeah, it's been great. It's been really great. It's one of the most favorite things that I get to do, and really, it, it's a team. It's a team effort. We've got a wonderful, wonderful team. Yeah. And um, it's just really fun. It's exhausting. I will say that. Not probably, hopefully not for you guys who come, but for us. <laughs> Restful for us. <laughs> exhausting so for I you. I just got done. Yeah, that just got done last week. And so that's probably why my voice is a little hoarse and all that because I haven't um, fully recovered. But yeah, we, we'd love to see to see you guys at a Cultivate anytime. It would be so fun. It would be so fun to go. So I'm kind of sitting here. I'm thinking like you are a woman of many missions, but one calling and I love how they also intricately fit together. I mean, you're hosting cultivates, you are in the music field, you have written devotionals and now a cookbook. And so I'm kind of wondering how was this all birthed? Was it something where when you were a child, you were like, when I grow up, I want to have a devotional and a cookbook and an event and all these things. <laughs> or did they kind of just come out of nowhere? I just, what was that process like? Cause around here behind the bliss, we love talking about behind the bliss. Right. And so I just would love to hear the process because it seems like one of those. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, nothing came. Nothing just kind of came out of nowhere. That's that's for sure. Uh, but I but I also I had a heart for the Lord growing up. I grew up in a pastor's home and uh, just really from an early age was was very drawn to the Lord, to the things of the Lord. Uh, but that was not without its challenges by any stretch mm-hmm. and like any pastor's home. Um, you had the really wonderful and the really good, and then you had the really hard, and and we got to see a lot of the beautiful parts of the church, and then also some of the parts that are not so beautiful and that can be really difficult. And uh, so all of that shaped me and 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 formed me. And I had real, originally, uh, in my early years of college, I really wanted to do music, and so that's why I moved to Nashville, Tennessee, almost twenty years ago, was to pursue a career in music, and it signed a record deal, and um, just really uh, was so passionate about writing songs and singing and performing. Mm-hmm. And it was just a really disappointing uh, career. I mean, it was really hard. And everything from my record company being bought and sold to another record company going bankrupt um, to another record company uh, merging and just so many different things that that happened. I just could not quite get it off the ground, but the Lord used it to to work some things out in my heart to humble me and also to show me where I was trusting in really the false gods of 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 fame and money and dreams That's and good. all of that. Yeah. And so I it so it, it, it oddly enough it really was what um, sort of was the impetus for writing my first Bible study, which is called No Other Gods. And so much of it came out of this really difficult time in my life, not just the music industry uh, hardships, but also uh, just all the things that I was putting my hope in other than Jesus. And so uh, so this yeah. whole Bible study was birthed out of that process um, called No Other Gods. And and then from then on, it just kind of took on this life of its own. And I began 
uh, getting asked to write Bible studies and books. And then I began teaching the Bible as a result. And, you know, then down the road created Cultivate, this this event for women, and then was able to kind of bring the music back around. So I've got a band that travels and yeah, I can still wow. do some music, which is really fun. So, yeah, there's it was it kind of all coalesced. And then about 10 years ago, too, through my music uh, deal, the president of uh, the, the company at the time invited me to the Amazon jungle to be a part of some mission work that was happening there. And within the last several years, an organization that I work with adopted that whole ministry. And so now I'm going to the Amazon every year. I also go to Moldova, which is a small country in Eastern Europe and work with yes. orphan children there and vulnerable children. Uh, so God has done, he has done so much, but it's certainly, as far as behind the bliss is concerned, it certainly was not a linear path, nor was it without real challenges, uh, but it's been, mm -hmm. it's been really good and it's been really sweet to see how obedience, honestly, if I could just encourage anybody listening, it's really our obedience to him, no matter what, and in, in whatever situation he is working things out, even when we can't see or understand. That's and, it, yeah. uh, so that I think as I look back, I just think, wow, Lord, you were so gracious to give me the grace to obey and the grace when I didn't obey, yeah. um, and just how he has formed and sanctified me in that process and is continuing to do so. Yeah, it's so true. I'm I'm sitting here almost listening in lots of gratitude because I feel like I ha I have also entered in to dreams or I've had opportunities to to do more with a dream that I thought was going to be my mm -hmm. thing, you know, or even like my retirement plan. And then I get in the middle of it and I realize like this actually did not have my name on it like mm -hmm. I thought it did. And so it's good to hear that it's a process. And like you're saying, it's a sanctification journey in that um, he has grace for us when we are obedient and fall short and then when we're disobedient mm -hmm. and fall short. And um, it just, there's, it's just so beautiful though, how all of these stories and how all of these different, I think just paths all at the same time were for, I mean, he, he promises us, he works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his mm -hmm. purpose. So even like if Kelly were to misstep, God's still in control. Right, right. And so at the end of the day, what what we've written in pencil can easily be re replaced with what God's already written in Sharpie is kind of like the visual I have. So, mm. I mean, just we're taken care of and it's not up to yes. us, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And our job is really just to be faithful, <clears throat> you know, just yeah. to, our job to be faithful and let the Lord uh, just continue to work things out, which I know is, is a lot harder uh, to do than it is to, just to say. Yeah. But when I look back, um, I really see that so many of the things I couldn't understand uh, really led me to where, to, to what I'm doing today, which I think is really what I'm supposed to be doing. So that's, mm -hmm. that's exciting. It's true. Yeah, absolutely. So what I think is one of my favorite things about cookbooks in general, yes, yours, but I mean, every cookbook is that I only see really myself using a cookbook when I'm hosting mm. people. Like we have our we have our favorites we go sure. to all the time, but when someone else comes over, it's like, okay, now it's an opportunity to try something new. To yeah, try something yeah. new. Yeah, yeah, mix it up. So even just if my girlfriends are coming over, whatever, I think um, it's neat that cookbooks have almost this, I don't know, stereotype of being a gather, gathering place or like a something that brings people together, mm -hmm. which is what food mm -hmm. does. And we see it today, but we also see it all throughout scripture. And so one, something I want to dive into that I think you do so well through your cookbook with gathering people and hosting, but then also 
with your events is um, community. And I think that's one of the most often asked about topics around our listeners is how do you make one for yourself? Why is Mm. it needed? Just questions of that nature. So what does community look like for you in your life? And what type of role does it play in your walk with Christ? Yes. uh, Yeah. Well, we see even from scripture, it's just immediate. I mean, even the Trinity in Genesis 1, you see God saying, let us make you know, humanity or man and woman in our own image. And so we see the community even that God yeah. has. And then uh, even with Adam that God says, you know, it's not good for, for a man that he would be alone. And so it creates woman. And then uh, obviously then you have the people of, of God in the Old Testament with Israel. And then you get into the New Testament and the church and that there's a very corporate um very corporate feel that we get in the New Testament that sometimes is uh, left out in our interpretation of scripture because we live in such an individualistic society and uh, where, and and I don't even mean that in a, so much meaning that individual in that it's selfish as much as it's just, there's so much of an emphasis on what we can do ourselves and, and kind of looking out for the self and protecting ourselves and knowing who we are individually and that this is mm-hmm. all the emphasis but that really wasn't the case in lots of other cultures even currently but also back scripturally but all that said we are meant to be in community we we are we need it and we thrive in it and i think that there is such a tendency especially in our culture and with our the our phone devices and being able to isolate and to like, well, I'm just going to listen to that sermon online, or I'm just going to, instead of talking to that person, I'm just going to text that person. Instead of actually going to that group, I'm just going to stay home and, um, you know, watch a video or whatever it might be. And so I just think more than ever, we have got to have community. And one of the best ways and one of the easiest and most natural ways to do that is to, to make a meal because, if you cook it, they will yeah. come, right? I mean, that is just yeah. Someone's, someone's got to eat, eat it, and people love a meal made for them. And there's something so warm and hospitable about bringing people into our homes and having made something for them, having created something for them, and that is yeah. also nourishing. And it really just breaks down ba- barriers. I mean, think about the difference between when you're just standing talking to somebody, maybe in the lobby of church, or maybe you're in the aisle of a grocery store or something, and the conversation is kind of hurried or rushed versus that yeah. same person being at your house for a meal and knowing that it's, there's uninterrupted time to really talk. And I, I think it's great because this works. Uh, having people over is really meaningful when it is other believers and you can have that rich, deep um, fellowship. And it also works great for those who don't know the Lord or who don't profess Jesus as their savior, because it's such an opportunity for um, you to get to know one another and then to ultimately be able to talk about the hope that you have in Christ. And so it's just, I don't know. I just really see, I just see that cooking in community is just really essential. It really is. Yeah. I love what you said about how the today's world just revolved around self, like self-help, self-love, all these things. And you forget that, oh wait, it's about we, not me. And so I think, but with that, I think like anything else, Satan tries mm-hmm. to pervert what it really means. And so exactly. now I feel like there's almost this talk about community being something for company, which isn't true. Like, yes, it's, it is for mm-hmm. a company, but that's not the, the sole reason why we're called to community. It's for having challenging conversations, to be vulnerable, transparent, to be sharpened and too sharpened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think 
that there's a huge difference between the world's type of community and then the community we're called to throughout scripture, like the eternal kind. So what would that look like to you for someone that might be, I don't know, more used to the company part rather than like the actual challenge to relationship? Mm -hmm. Well, again, I think some of it uh, depends on, are you sitting with other people who know the Lord? Are you sitting people with people who don't? And in both cases, I would say it is different than just regular company. But for those who, you know, are Christ followers, and actually really for either at this point, it, to be able to sit down and to ask good questions and to listen to people, I think that's really important. I think we've, I think we've stopped asking questions uh, to large degree in our culture, and we are so desperate to be heard, and I think it goes such a long way. We sit down and say, tell me, how is your husband, or how are your children, or how are you doing in that change at your job, or just all those things. And it just asking a few questions really helps people open up. And that to me feels different than just maybe, you know, casual company mm-hmm. and really asking the Lord to show us how we can be good listeners, how we can in- be good encouragers, how we can, depending on how well we know someone, how, um, how we can challenge. And again, I think the same thing goes for people who don't know Christ, like just asking, like, how are you? What are you? you know, how are you feeling with this situation or that situation? Mm -hmm. And then seeing, are there entry points for us to um, be a help, to be an encouragement? Um, And, and then of course there are times where we're going to get with people who we know are going to encourage us (laughs) and there's nothing wrong with that either. Uh But we just know, you know what, I'm lonely or I'm scared about this situation with my child or my husband or, um, you know, at my job. And I just want to get with someone and uh, who I really respect and love and and get their advice. And I think that's great too. Um, and, and then of course there's just genuinely fellowship where we get to share in, uh, the, the person of Christ. And that's very different than just regular company where we're just talking about, you know, and it's not bad to talk about football or shopping or the concert that we just went to. Those are all good things. But I do think there was something that, um, an author named an author and pastor named uh, Reuben Welch wrote about in a book called We Really Do Need Each Other. And one of the things that he talked about was the difference between Christians hanging out and hanging out as Christians. Wow, and good. I thought it was really interesting because so often Christians, we just hang out. Right. Yeah. But that doesn't look any different than anybody else. Sure. And, he, and he said, but what if, what if we actually are hanging out as Christians? And how does that change? And what does that look like? And I, and so that, that's always something that is, is interesting uh, for me to think about, especially before a gather, you know, any kind of a gathering. Right. Yeah. I think it's so good to hear everything you're saying too, because there also is this weird thread and trend of having people around you. Like you could be plugged into a local church and you could be serving and all these things, but still feel lonely because you're not taking that next step of initiating or even asking someone else Mm -hmm. how they are or seeking that encouragement, you know, that you need from maybe another woman that, that you admire where she is in life or the way she parents, or maybe the way that she's dating or whatever, like just having the other person to pour into you. There's that weird gap between like, I know I have a lot of friends and they're amazing and they love the Lord, but I still feel really lonely where I am. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I think what you just said speaks so directly to that, that that's where the boldness comes into play. And that's where you die to yourself. Because I think a lot of that, if I can just be so blunt, is maybe either intimidation, 
that you're intimidated by somebody else or it's fear. We'll just call it for what mm-hmm. it is that you might be rejected. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's come up in several conversations that I've had uh, about cooking and community is people uh, just genuinely being afraid that, well, what if we put a dinner party together and nobody comes? Or, yeah. you know, what if I want to make this and it, do- the f- it doesn't turn out or something? And it's so, I think part of it is that we are so out of practice in real life community, in cooking, in serving, that we are petrified mm-hmm. to do it. And I, I would just say that, you know what, leave those results uh, to the Lord. And I think that I really believe that if you can put together any kind of meal, it could be so simple. I mean, I'm a huge advocate of soup. If you read this cookbook, you will know that I love soup because it's There's just whole not section. that hard. <laughs> yeah, it's not that hard and you can have people over and it's simple. Um, so, so pick something that's really doable and yeah, have your house presentable, but it doesn't have to be perfect. And I think that's another right. thing is we have all these Instagram standards and Pinterest standards that we're all trying to live up to. And then as a result, we're totally paralyzed and we don't do anything. Mm-hmm. And really, I mean, how happy are you when you walk into a house that's not totally put together? Because right. you're like, oh, good. I'm so glad I'm not the only one, you know? Right. So it's very disarming. Um, so yeah, I would encourage you like to step out to those listening, just to, to step out and just to take a uh, a step of just, okay, I'm going to do something. I'm going to make something simple. I'm going to invite some people over. I'm going to do a reasonable job of having my house be ready. But if it's not, who cares? And I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to be a good listener. And I'm just going to see where God, what God does with this. And I think, I think you'll be really surprised. Um, I've, I've done this with um, some people from my neighborhood, some who know the Lord, some who don't claim the Lord. And it's kind of taken on this little life of its own. And somebody else has now said, okay, well, how about I host the next dinner? This was after three dinners. And some other people are kind of getting together just for coffee and it's just, or making plans to at least do that. And it's just exciting to see where it's going. Yeah. Yeah. I think it just is a lot easier than people think it is. And so once you take that first step of, like you're saying, initiating and stepping up Mm -hmm. to the plate and standing in the gap for people that maybe are too intimidated to host themselves or are, you know, believing the lie that their apartment's too small or whatever, that you go ahead and, and you do it. And maybe they can follow by um, because of your obedience or just because you did it well, but also messy and real that they feel more equipped than they did before. So that's it. It's like, if you feel the mm-hmm. least bit of courage, then please act on it because there's a lot of people that need that testimony, need you know? It. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that too, not only will it be a little easier than you think, but it'll also be a lot more rewarding than you think. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's good. And yeah. I mean, that's the thing too. It's just my favorite thing. I mean, there's no, there's no real sec- close second is to, if I have the time, now that I'll put that out there. Cooking can be stressful if you don't feel like you have the time and you're pressed <laughs> and all that stuff. But I, if I have the time and I'm cooking a meal and I know that people are coming over, um, that gathering uh, it, there's, is just some of my very favorite, I mean, my really, some of my very favorite ways to, to spend an evening. It's just, I, or a brunch or whatever it might be. Yeah, it's yeah. such a blessing. Yeah. That's like, yes, I was about to say one of my favorite things It's something I look forward to. Like, for example, yeah. I mean, we have people coming over on Thursday night this week and I'm so excited. <sighs> it's something I'm looking forward to when I get to plan the meal and do something different. Like I was saying earlier, and it's something that you look forward to because when someone else gets invited into your rhythm, it interrupts yours in a really beautiful way where you're able to then say like, actually, 
I, I need more of that in my life. Or it was nice to be interrupted or just like not even interrupted, maybe disrupt is the better word. Mm-hmm. And um, consider someone else as normal as my normal for a night when you're hosting or being hospitable. And so yeah. I think it also awakens you to this bigger picture of the kingdom because I think we get so wrapped up in what our small little K kingdom looks like that we forget that heaven has lots of different backgrounds and stories and colors and ages and but hosting people that maybe you didn't you know know their story before I think it opens up who God is in a a different way because you're able to see him work in ways that you never knew he was working someone else's life absolutely I think that's awesome yeah, sums up so beautifully. Um, I think w- this, a lot of the reasons why I wanted to put this cookbook together, um, yes, for good recipes and for good ways to put ingredients together, but uh, mostly so that we could we could be having community with each other. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So I love asking this question at the end of every episode, but I have to know what is something that you are loving that you have to share with everyone. Like if there's one thing that you're like, guys, I don't know how you would live without fill in the blank. You've got to know about it. What would it be? It can also be a shameless plug because you've got a lot of cool things. That <laughs> no, could be no, people's no. Favorites. Oh, no, no, nothing of mine. Um, I'm trying to think uh, what has just been kind of a lifesaver recently. And um, oh, let me think about this for a second. What do I, I love? I always get people I mean, off guard. Here's the thing. I... Now, I don't know if this would be something that everybody would love, but I really enjoy my, uh, I've got a Le Creuset French press. Perfect. And yes. so it's it's like a ceramic, uh, I, I think it's ceramic, maybe it's porcelain. I'm not Beautiful. Sure. What color but is yours? I have a white one. I used to have a okay, red one. Yes. I will say the red one, it chipped. So you do have to be a little careful with it. But they're, if you can find them on sale, they're not too bad. They're not quite as expensive as like some Lake Crusade things can be for sure. And yeah. I just really like it because it's a really pretty piece that that I use in the mornings. But then also if I pull it out for guests, it's just really nice and it keeps the coffee warm. Yeah. And so that's something that I really, I really enjoy. And I like it better than the glass French presses. So yeah, that's just a little something that um, it's a good gift and they're just fun to have. Yeah. Okay. That's something that I told myself I'd get better at in 2020. And we're already like three months in and I'm still doing my Nespresso, but I want to learn how to French press coffee. Oh, it's super easy. It's super easy. All you have to do is just have it, the gr- the grinds just have to be a little bit more coarse. So you don't want to do like a super okay. fine, you know, fine is for like espresso right. and, uh, and then medium is more like a drip coffee, but coarse is going to work well for French press. And so you just want to grind it kind of coarsely and then just whatever the measurements, you know, proportions that they say and put that coffee into the bottom of the French press. And then you just add the water, uh, not boiling, but kind of right after it's boiled. And then you let Mm -hmm. it sit there for about four minutes and then you press that thing down and it's ready to go. So the pressing is like the most it's very gratifying. It's very satisfying. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, yep. We've gone camping with friends and they whipped out a French press and oh, yeah. did it. And I, it was it was probably one of the best cups of coffee I've ever had as well. <laughs> like so good. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's not once you do it once, you're like, oh, okay. This is not Hooked. intimidating at all. Yeah. 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 Also, have you been to the Le Creuset? Um, is that how you say it? Le yeah. yeah. Le Creuset. Yeah. Okay. Warehouse sale? I have not. Okay. My mom and I went back in like September and I got my Dutch oven that I've been eyeing for forever. Ooh, yes. And it was like that one thing you really, really want to ask for for Christmas, but you feel awful asking for it because you just know you're like, 
no one's i mean it would be a shock if someone actually got me this uh-huh. well i gifted it to myself from the warehouse yeah absolutely that's a great place to get it and then especially stuff like that you'll keep for the rest of your life which is really fun that's it yeah it's it's gonna be like a hand-me-down for my children and my children's children like you know Uh one of those things like please be careful yeah but um (laughs) but if you know you know the Le Creuset life is is a fun one but like all their pieces are so beautiful but it's you know one at a time you just that's the thing one at a time on scale yeah that's I've been collecting for the last like 13 years, uh, my, my, wow. So you probably so... have some pretty cool pieces. Yeah, I do. But again, it's been 13 years and a lot of it I either got on sale or people gave me or whatever, because it is, ex- it is expensive. But if you like cooking and you like collections, um, I really, I think it's a fun thing to collect. Right. Yeah. So if someone wanted to see this beautiful French press and more about your cookbook or cultivate all the cool things that Kelly is up to, where can they find you online? Uh, well, my website is just kellyminter.com, so that's pretty easy. But then I would say I'm on Instagram a lot. I'm on Facebook too, but I really my my preference is Instagram. Although pretty much anything that's Me on too. Insta is Facebook too. So you, if whatever your preferences there, the one place I I am not on as much is is Twitter. But yeah, I would say Instagram or Facebook or my website. Amazing. Okay, well I'm gonna link everything we talked about today and more over on our show notes so people want more Kelly they can because you also have a devotional that I wish that we could dive into there's so many prime ribs in this conversation I just didn't know which one to go for so (laughs) if you want more about finding God faithful or her other devotionals out there then we'll just link everything Kelly Kelly everything will be on our show notes today uh well you're kind Rachel thank you so much for having me I really have enjoyed it Y'all, the Hallmark story is actually hilarious. We are going to link the video to this Hallmark segment in our show notes. So if you wanted to laugh along or just see how adorable Kelly is, you can do that by heading over to BehindTheBlissPodcast.com. We linked, like I said, everything Kelly over there, whether it's her book, her cookbook, devotionals, the segment from Hallmark, her music, and more. As well as if you wanted to follow Kelly and continue with all of her fun Cultivate events or find a Cultivate event near you, all of it will be available online. I love what Kelly said about how today's world is very much me-centered rather than we-centered. So what practical next steps can we take in involving community, hosting people in our own home, or maybe an apartment, or maybe even a dorm room? But I think wherever you are, you are called to host and be hospitable, to have conversations with people, to pour a cup of coffee for someone and ask them about their life. Or if there's someone that you admire, like we said earlier, you really like how they parent, or maybe what their marriage looks like, or maybe they're doing college really, really well, and you really want to learn from them, that boldness and courage in asking them to conversation, maybe over coffee or over lunch, is going to be so rewarding. You just need to take that next step, regardless of how fearful or intimidated you might be. And what an amazing point she made that from the very beginning of time, even in the book of Genesis, chapter one, there was already community within the Trinity. So if that's not an example and enough encouragement to get a part of a community where you are, I don't know what is. If you're loving today's episode and we're so encouraged by Kelly and our conversation, I would love if you shared this with your friends. If you haven't picked up, the topic today was community. So if you have a community that you love, are grateful for, or there's someone that you would maybe want to start something in your local area, whether it's a small group or maybe it's just getting some girls together in your dorm or some other moms to go on stroller walks, maybe you can send this over their way. Then it may be a fire lit inside of you to go and to host and to be hospitable with these conversations. 
If you haven't already, I would love to ask you if you would please leave us a review. Apple Podcasts is an incredible platform that our podcast is hosted on. You might be listening elsewhere, but if you are listening using Apple Podcasts, then if you left a review, it helps not only with our reach and our impact, but it gives us an idea of what you're loving, how we can better serve you, and what kind of conversations you want to listen to on Wednesdays. It would mean so much to us if you just took a few seconds and left that quick review. If you haven't already, join us on Instagram and on Facebook where we post episode sneak peeks, updates about merchandise or events coming your way, or just some encouragement throughout your week. And if you even wanted more than that, then we have an email subscription list that you can be added to to get some spoilers for what episodes are to come, what guests will be on our show in the near future, and some fun promotions that not everybody knows about, only our email subscribers. To be a part of that community, see what I did there? Head over to BehindTheBlissPodcast.com and subscribe to our emails. I hope you guys have the best rest of your day and the rest of your week. We'll see you next time.